The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. How's the sound? Folks are back out there, yeah? Okay. So today I want to share a teaching that's not very popular. It was very popular for the Buddha in the Pali Canon, but it's not very popular in the West. I'll say this is three words, and you'll probably know why. That's uh, a teaching with the three words. Gratification, danger, and escape. It doesn't sound very good, I guess. At least in, in my mind. Um, they're not very uplifting words themselves. But the Buddha spoke about this teaching a lot. He spoke about the gratification, the danger, the escape in relation uh, to the four elements, um, this earth, water, fire, air, kind of a stuff that makes uh, our body uh, in relation to five aggregates, also our body and mind, and six sense. And so he spoke about this very often. And in fact, uh, he said uh, that um, when he didn't understand the gratification, the danger, the escape in relation to all these things, in the whole world, in fact, that the general term was in relation to the whole world, this world, then he wouldn't consider himself fully awakened. And it's only after he understood the gratification, the danger, the escape with this whole world, then he considers himself uh, to be fully awakened, the Buddha. So that's quite a significant um, so I want to uh, say a little bit about what these three words are pointing to in a way that maybe you already heard teachings like this, but they're not using these three words. What is this gratification? And the Buddha said in Samyutta Nikaya, the pleasure and the joy that arise in dependence of the elements of the world. This is gratification. And the Pali term is asada, which also means enjoyment, um, advantages, savoring. And so we know this our, ourselves. I don't know if uh, you're okay if I make comment using, uh, using an example of the baby cooing. <laughs> Hope that's okay. <laughs> so that's kind of alive in my in my mind. Um, that's where we were sitting. Um, I heard the baby cooing, and immediately arose for me. It was a pleasant feeling, and I had uh, immediate association of when I was nursing my son. Kind of, a, it's a very good feeling, and you know, satisfying and kind of just feels good and kind of feeling like a lingering there. And, it, and at some point I notice the sound is gone. But there is that kind of sense of wanting to linger. And that's gratifying 
That's the gratification that this is being pointed to. Um, some someone made a very nice comment, a praise, maybe about your haircut. You know, that just fits perfectly well for your face and your body. And we could be lingering there, just waiting <laughs> for the next good comment that comes about. You know, someone else, please. So that's the gratification, gratifying and making something bigger, grander, and that we feel good about. And sometimes that can happen even when the things are not feeling very good and unpleasant, and that we can have this um, pressure on them to try to get rid of them. And in that process, Usually what happens, you know, if you have a kind of terrible pain, but you're just kind of hovering around it and trying to get rid of it, the pain just gets worse. That's another way kind of making something bigger through the relationship we have with them. And the Buddha said that... um, I have clearly seen with the wisdom the full expand of gratification in relation to all these experiences. So clearly there is no one way that the gratification manifests itself. There's so many ways, kind of from very mild to very grand and kind of big blissful experiences or could be embodied, could be in our mind. And the Buddha said... Um, he has seen this clearly with wisdom. And there's a full range of it. What does that mean? And the Buddha saw, maybe I'll just kind of summarize two things. One is that, and this being human, we're capable of experiencing. There's a full range, all kinds of ways that things may be pleasant or unpleasant. You know, there can be wide range. And then second thing is he knew and he saw the mind's tendency to cling to what is pleasant. Like the baby sound is gone, but my mind is still hovering. Like, oh, that was a really good feeling about it. And so in the sutta, and the other direction also kind of functions like this, that our mind has this tendency to push away the unpleasant. If something unpleasant is here, right away we want to get rid of it. That's kind of the default mode. We're bouncing between the two often. And so he said, and the Buddha said, before my enlightenment, a while I was still a bodhisattva, not yet fully enlightened. And this thought came to me, my mind may often stray towards those essential pleasure that have already left their impression on the heart, but which has passed, ceased, and changed. So he saw in himself the mind tends to stray towards those things based on the impressions they left on us. Like this impression that I had, oh, you know, I was nursing my baby and it was so pleasant. That was an impression on my heart. But that's 
gone. The sound is gone. <laughs> that experience itself is gone. But this is the human tendency. And so he knew for himself that this is kind of an automatic default programming that runs in us a lot of times. But he also knew that this is the second word, the danger part. He also saw that what this experience is impermanent, suffering and subject to change. This is its drawback, its danger. And so the Pali term uh, adinava, and says this is the, the word gets translated as danger, has all this uh, kind of uh, meanings to it, be drawbacks or disadvantages. Um, or, uh, you know, the other word I like to uh, use is unreliable. Unreliable. Because the thing that we're hanging on or uh, moving towards, it's already gone oftentimes. But we're lingering on a certain kind of a conceptual overlay and that it's hanging there. And whether it's a kind of impression of a pleasant or unpleasant, and our minds clinging and grasping is only on the concept or the ideas of the things. The actual experience has already changed. And how many times we may have noticed that uh, our postures shift and changed. Because at the beginning was kind of pleasant at some point. Unpleasant came. And the default way is, and that's shifted around, you know, go back to a very pleasant thing. And that's the default mode that we tend to, to operate in. But the Buddha said, notice that things are changing. And there is not a reliable, um, re, um, it's not reliable to count on them being um, mapping to how we think they should be. I know kind of in our culture, we tend to operate in, in this mode of pulling us to operate in the default um, wanting and bouncing between wanting and not, not wanting kind of uh, tendencies. And that's kind of the culture we live in. Um, you know, one example uh, that struck me was um, I saw when, when my son was young how quick the parents would pop Tylenol in kids' mouths. Almost anything. And it's just walking under the sun and the kid may have a little headache. I hear Tylenol. Um, at some point we know that doesn't, it's not going to work anymore. And so this um, second uh, aspect of this teaching is pointing out to see this nature of a change that is operating. And then the escape, the word escape, 
removing and giving up or abandoning of a desire and a lust for our experiences. This is its escape. I like this. You know, it's not like we're going to run away from the pain or the pleasure. They are what they are. We, as a human, we experience those things. You know, full-blown ways in all kinds of ways. But what is tying us down now to freeing us, living our lives, is the desire and aversion that we have in relationship to those experiences. So it doesn't say get get rid of the sound that bothers us or keeps us hooked or get rid of, um, um, you know, the thing that causes my reactivity. But what is inviting us is to look at how we're relating to this. Are we relating with a push and pull Wanting and not wanting. And so maybe the more inspiring word for this word, uh, nisarana, that's the Pali term, gets translated as escape, is a freedom. We're freeing ourselves from the push and pull, the wanting and not wanting. It doesn't mean that we're not going to do anything when there is a pain. But we can have a um, have a way to relate to this experience, have the actions coming out of it from a conscious, wise place. And so maybe it's coming out of a sense of a care to address the pain, whether it's in the mental or physical space we're in. Instead of coming out of the reactivities that we tend to bounce back and forth uh, between the wanting and not wanting. And so this is what the escape is about. Not running away from our life, but engaging in our lives from a a sense of um, a wisdom, a sense of um, freedom. And so I like that Gil often uses this uh, analogy of the palms kind of no longer gripping and grasping on something. The hands are wide open. The wide open hand can now freely support what may be needed to be supported. But it doesn't go like, you know, tightening down. So it can, can freely move in this life. So that's what this gratification, danger, and escape is about. It's about uh, the possibility to free ourselves from the grasping and the clinging by deeply knowing um, the gratification and the danger uh, in uh, relationship to the experiences that we have. So thank you, everyone. I think 